When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you know the drill. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It would be much appreciated. And if you want to find us on YouTube, go to Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Thank you very much. Today, I'm joined by my ESPN colleague in Dallas, Todd Archer, as we discuss the Dallas Cowboys, the reigning NFC East champions. Can they make a repeat? What separates the Cowboys, perhaps, from the rest of the division? Where will Micah Parsons go in year two, the loss of Randy Gregory, how big an impact? What does Todd expect from the Cowboys? Also, he gives his take on what he thinks about the Washington Commanders. I always like to bring an outside view to you to see what do others think of this franchise, this team entering the season. You can follow Todd on Twitter, at Todd Archer, and you can read both our works on ESPN.com, of course. Now, as a reminder, I'm on vacation, I'm out of the country, if there's news, I'm not going to react to it because I'm out of the country. So there you go. With that, let's get to my conversation with ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. Todd, I hope your offseason has been a little bit quieter than mine has been covering this franchise. And I think that's probably true of any other franchise. But I do want to talk like Dallas last year, of course, wins the division. Um, I, you know, made some changes. Where are they at right now compared to last year as far as the roster goes? Where do you think they're at? You, you can't say they're better uh, right now. I mean, you lose Amari Cooper. You lose Randy Gregory. You, you lose Lael Collins. Uh, and I know I'm missing some other guys that they've lost as well. So you can't say they're better. The question is, how much worse are they? And, you know, when you compare it to the rest of the division, I'll say it, they're still the favorites in my mind. I know Philadelphia has done a lot of good things. and in uh, what they've added to their roster, and, and they made a playoffs last year. Sorry about your commanders. Sorry about the Giants. I don't <laughs> think they're going to make a huge leap. Uh, the biggest reason to not pick the Cowboys as the favorite in division is no one's repeated in this division since 03 04. Right. So eventually that streak comes to an end, right? At least it should. So should. I, I think the Cowboys are, they're not as good as they were last January and they lost to the Niners. But in this division, I don't know how much that matters. Well, and where do you think is it is it just Dak, or where do you think they have the advantage over these other teams? It, it's Dak. Um, it's Micah Parsons. Uh, it, it's they have a defense now that they believe is legitimately good and not just one that can get you by. Like they can win games, they feel on defense. Then yes, I realize they don't have Randy Gregory back, but they they have Demarcus Lawrence back. Uh, they they believe he'll be healthier this year, which is, you know, always a knock on wood situation. Uh, they have Trayvon Diggs coming off an 11 sack season. J Ron curse is a guy that solidified their safety spot. 
And, oh, let me mention Micah Parsons' name again. So not only do they have the best quarterback in the division, I don't think that's debatable. Can we say Micah is the best defensive player in the division? And I've been trying to think of, like, who else you would put in that mix. And your guy, Chase Young, if he didn't get hurt, maybe he's still that guy, right? So I still think there's a lot of talent on this roster to be a very good team. And I think Micah is is the is would be that guy if I had to pick one guy. But how do you think? Because the one thing, like you talked to, you know how this league is too. Like, oh well, you got all this film on him now, and so you're gonna. How can you combat or attack Micah Parsons? How much do you think he can? Like, the one thing that's impressed me, I think you wrote about this the other day about like some of the things he's doing, talking to Demarcus Ware, and and just you know the way he's how. What kind of guys he as far as like understanding that hey teams are going to come at me a little bit differently this year so I've got to improve what how is he in that area well I think the Cowboys look at it as like they came at him differently by the end of last season with how they dealt with him and and the things they did and the Cowboys believe by making him multiple by not just lining him up look Demarcus Ware was great you knew ninety percent of the time Demarcus Ware you knew exactly where he was going to line up. And what made him great is it didn't matter. They still couldn't stop him. With Micah, he can line up in all these different spots to create mismatches, to put him on a back, to put him on a tight end, to put him on a your weakest offensive lineman, to, to create all these issues. And I, I, I think the Cowboys saw a little bit of that last year, and they know they're going to see more of it this year. And, you know, you go Mike McCarthy's history. One guy that he did this with that had success was Clay Matthews. Now, that was born more out of, necessity because of injuries at their linebacker spot I, I believe maybe I'm misremembering that we can ask Demosky at one point that they needed to move him around because they just didn't have the numbers because of injuries with Micah they, that's not an issue he's there he's their Mike linebacker who can go play defensive end and rush the passer or he can be a pass rusher and go drop and play linebacker there, there's so many things and heck after seeing the guy hit a baseball Line him up at corner, line him back at safety, line him at punt return, and put him at running back. Put him everywhere. I don't think there's anything the kid can't do. I also like that he went out and spent 500 bucks on a bat, and it's probably like nothing for him. And he, like, how many times is he going to use yeah. that bat? You know, that that's 500 buck bat to them is what a $25 bat to you uh, and I. Two, it's a wiffle ball 250 bat at true value. That's what that is. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing with him too is pairing him with Demarcus Lawrence. And I love the quotes that Lawrence gave you or that you had in the story about like, if he, you know, I want to have more sacks than him that, you know, like I think ideally for Washington, they'd get that similar competition between Chase Young and Montez Sweat. It hasn't developed yet that way, but how important is Lawrence's just being healthy coming this season healthy and to not only the defense's development, but also to Micah's. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to have that second guy. And if your second, quote, second guy, is Demarcus Lawrence. That's a pretty good second guy to have. When he when he played last year, he was still an ultra-effective player. Now, I say all this, and they redid his contract, guaranteed him $30 million uh, in this, that, and the other. You're not paying Demarcus Lawrence that kind of money to be a good run stopper. He has to get to the quarterback more. It's like you're not paying Zeke Elliott $15 million a year because he's a really good pass protector. Zeke has to be a better, better, do better running the ball, and health will be a big part of that. And health is a big part of that for Demarcus Lawrence. If he's healthy, he's still one of the better def- overall defensive linemen in the game, but he's got to be more of a factor as a pass rusher. And having a full season with him and Micah and being healthy, 
you know, and that's always, again, knock on wood situations. The Cowboys believe they have two guys that can get home and you can do different things with them to create one-on-ones for either guy or overload situations and create one-on-ones for uh, Dorrance Armstrong, a Sam Williams, a Dante Fowler that they signed, and even the guys in the middle. So the, the, the Marcus Lawrence is still a huge part of this defense, but a year ago we were saying he was by far their best defensive player. Now he's probably third behind Parsons and Diggs. And Diggs, where like where was the biggest step he took? I mean, obviously he had the eleven picks, um, but where did he take the biggest step? Just as a corner, obviously as a corner. Well, it is the picks. It's hardest, you know, and it's eleven. I mean, it, no one has done wow. that since nineteen eighty one here. So um, it, it's taking the ball away. And, and look, he gave up yards. And, you know, we, everybody can find those numbers. It's over a thousand yards receiving that he gave up. But I do think, and McCarthy talked about this with us, like you kind of live with some of that because the ability to take the ball away changes games. Uh, That is the number one predictor of if you win or not is plus minus. And when you have a guy with 11 picks, you'll live with a guy giving up a play or two here or there. And there are plays, John, that he could have made that he didn't. So I'm not saying he could have had 15 picks, but he, as good as the season was, it could have been better. And I'd rather have a guy that, you have the ball skills and you know what to do when the ball's in the air that you teach him the more fundamentally sound concepts of the position that he can learn as he gets older and wiser. Right. Cause he's yeah, still no. young at the position, having played receiver at Alabama before moving over to corners last year and a half there. So there's, there's elements of him to grow just from learning the position that the ball skills separate him from everybody else. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. Offensively, um, the loss of Cooper, what's the impact? It's, it's big, and I, I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm going to minimize it, um, and I don't mean to. The Cowboys got rid of him because he, they didn't believe he was worth $20 million a year. Not that they didn't think he was a good player. But it, his it, it's it's big because of what it does for everybody else in terms of shuffling the deck. 
okay, C.D. Lamb, they gave you number 88. You're now the number one. You're going to see all this extra attention all the time now. And, oh, by the way, not only are you going to see this extra attention, the first three games of the season or so, Michael Gallup's not going to be on the field. So you're really going to see the extra attention uh, out there from other teams. Gallup with the knee injury coming back, he looked pretty good in his rehab work that I saw him do the other day. He, you know, he, he's a, we know what Michael Gallup is. He's a big play guy, can get down the field. The question is injuries and attrition and who steps up after that. James Washington, they signed from Pittsburgh. He had 26 catches last year. Jalen Tolbert's a third-round pick from South Alabama. Dak really likes him. He's a rookie. Uh, what can you expect from a third-round pick coming in? So the depth of the attack changes without Amari Cooper. But I do think you'll see the Cowboys m modify their scheme in some respects where Tony Pollard gets more involved in the passing game. Dalton Schultz is a guy that will still be involved. And, and you'll see Dak go – not that Dak is ever like focused on one guy because that one thing Dak has always done. If you're open, I'm getting you the ball. I don't care who you are. But without Amari there, that maybe opens up some opportunities for other guys. Where is Zeke at with everything? Because he hasn't looked like the same guy. Is it just injuries or is it is there other things going on with him? I, look, if you go back to the first five games of last year, he looked like your Zeke at Ohio State. Like he was that guy again. I mean. And his offseason work that he did um, away from the facility, working with a personal run back coach, getting in really good shape. He's doing that again this season. But that knee injury, I mean, he, he played with a torn posterior cruciate ligament. It's not That's not easy. That's hard to do. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and that's why I say, like, because I didn't know how much – because you're not – you're watching from afar. And so you see things like, is it the knee? Is it something else? And, and it's the knee. The offensive line is not – what we've all always cracked it up to be. Um, it's not been that way for a number of years now. Um, so every time we say, oh, that Cowboys offensive line, it's really Zach Martin and kind of like 75% Tyron Smith because Tyron will miss four or five, six games a year now. That's just what's happened since 2015. But I think with Zeke, this is a huge year for him. This is the last year of his guaranteed money. Um, the Cowboys can get out of the contract after this year. They made no bones getting out of the – the Amari Cooper contract uh, if they didn't think he was worth the 20 million. So with Zeke, you know, the, the, he knows this is a big year. Zeke. So the fantasy people want to see Tony Pollard play more. The football people want to see Zeke play more because he does. He's better. Zeke Elliott is a better running back than Tony Pollard because of everything that goes along with the position. Correct. Now that doesn't mean Tony Pollard shouldn't be involved more. He should absolutely should. And it's on Kellen Moore to figure that out. And without having Amari Cooper around them, there might be some opportunities there. But I wouldn't write off Zeke Elliott yet as still a as a premier back, provided he's healthy. And even if the offensive line performs at a B level, I still think you'll see a, a Zeke that will go for m more than 1,000 yards in a 17-game season. What's the difference between, Z I'm going to say Zach, between Dak and the other quarterbacks in the division? Like where – I mean, some of it is kind of obvious, but what, what's, so I kind of, I kind of feel silly. Asking about, like, this, this, yeah. Like, okay. I mean, between he and Daniel Jones. Oh, okay. You know, but like, you know, year or two ago, Carson, two years ago, Carson Wentz and Dak was like, who's better, you know, and Jalen hurts, you know, we know. You might have to go back to like four years ago on that one. Well, in, in 2009, I think it was a 2000 going into the season. 
in twenty. Okay, yeah, because that's when Wentz signed his contract. Correct. So it was going yeah. into that season. Not at the end of the season, we weren't talking about that. But right. going into that, so what's been the separator from between Dak and others in this division, like to get it to staying at this point, even with the injury? So the first thing I'm going to say is going to sound like a dig at at Dak, and I don't mean it that way, but look what he's had around him. He's had the best running back in the division. Say what you want about Zeke. He's the best running back. He's had the best receiver core in the division uh, the last couple of years with Cooper and Gallup and, and C.D. Lamb. And he's had a pretty good tight end in, in, in Schultz. So he's had some good players and the offensive line. Again, we can talk about their issues, but still pretty good around him. But, but I, you know, and he's a worker. He's a good he, – he, he's an unbelievable leader. Um, he does work on his craft to get better at it. And not saying these other guys don't. I don't know what Wentz and Jalen Hurts and all these other guys do, but they all work at it. But I, I think he's a guy that's had – you can't argue with the success he's had since he's come in the league, although some people do want to argue with that success because it's not ultimately won them a Super – got them to a Super Bowl NFC title game. Um, but – where would this team be without Dak? They they would be in a worse off situation than everybody else in the division. I can tell you where teams are when they don't have quarterbacks and have to change consistently. I'm pretty <laughs> familiar with that one. Two more two more things. What could go wrong for them that's that bumps them out of that top spot? Oh, the easy one is injuries, right? I mean that, but that's an every team answer. Right. So that 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 doesn't really count. I, you know. Look, the beginning of the schedule, the, the, the first two games, and now I can't even remember who they play in the opener. Who do they play in the opener? They play I'm Cincinnati Washington. in week two. They play Tampa. Oh, Tampa in week one. Okay. So you could be looking at you could be looking at 0-2. Uh, so, you know, getting off to a good start, I think, for this team is a must, especially after the offseason that this team has had without having the big-name additions losing the guys that they that we've talked about that they've lost and questions about Mike McCarthy's future. So slow start adds all of that pressure, adds everything to this team. Um, and then if they can't get this offense going um, the way it was, I think the defense is going to be fine. Do I think the defense is going to be the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens? No, but I think they'll be a good, solid unit that will give up 20 points a game, take the ball away. They'll be fine. Um, but this offense better be able to show the ability to score some points um, the, the way they have and do it consistently from the beginning of the season to the end because that's why this team lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. So last thing, how do you look at Washington, put aside all the off-field stuff? <laughs> which is hard to do, trust me. But put that aside, how do you view them as a contender in this division? They need a lot to go right um, and a lot not to go wrong. And it starts with your quarterback and Wentz. Um, he, does he have the ability? Can he make the throws? Yeah. Has he shown it in the last three years? No. So why should I expect him to do anything different this year than he hasn't done before uh, in Philadelphia and in Indianapolis. Uh, so in uh, fairness to him, if he threw 27 and seven here, they build a statue in India, got him booted out. Right. But, 
Yeah, I, I guess you know he's following you look, Peyton and right. Andy but then show me some of the decisions that he made that led to the seven that lost them games. Right. So right. no, no, no. Yeah, I I get that. Uh, so I you, you know to me that's a huge question. Then on defense, I won't get into the coordinator stuff. Um, health, you know, is Chase Young going to be Chase Young again? You know, we have our top hundred deal, right? Yeah. Uh, that we had to fill out the NFL rank thing. And Cole Holcomb's name kept coming up into this thing. And I'm like, Cole Holcomb's one of the top 100 players in the NFL? It's no offense to Cole Holcomb. But, like, if he's in there, then what – like, I, he's a good player, top 100. So yeah. that's why I look at that defense. And, man, that, the front is really good. But there's still questions about everything on the back end of that in, in my mind. So that's why I say they need a lot of things to go right, and they can't have much things go wrong. There you go. Todd, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Have a good summer. Delete that last part. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this episode. I appreciate you listening and thanks to Todd for joining me. I'll be back on Thursday when I talk to New York Giants reporter Jordan Ronan. Talk to you next time.